What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, the one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. Jake and Donnie back at it again. Jake with the Labat, Labat Blue Light, baby. Ready to talk some NBA. Today we got... Some crazy ones. Some uh, <laughs> one that some one more that trade rumors. Is, is he's already tired of hearing about it since it came out. I don't think yeah. I've seen. I think that's the angriest you've been about basketball all year, and that's saying a lot with the basketball whirlwind that you've had for the last six months, seven months, eight months. Shit, bro! It's August next week. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, Jake. I feel like Jake is all of us right now in the summer. Time's flying by. But the NBA rumors have to stay hot, and Shams is doing everything he can to stay relevant this Amen. summer, even though football is starting up. Baseball is starting to get, you know, into the swing of things, if you will. And Shams just out here at, at 7 a.m., mind you. I had just gone to work on a Monday, and I have to read Monday. that the Boston Celtics allegedly – sent a trade to the Brooklyn Nets or an offer Jalen Brown, Derek White and a first round pick for Kevin Durant, which was allegedly declined by the Brooklyn Nets countered something ridiculous with Marcus Smart involved, Jalen Brown, multiple picks, maybe another role player. Um, I don't know, Jay, obviously I can get into this heavy. What did, what did you think initially? Did you think it was a hoax? Did you think Shams was reporting gospel? What did you think? wasn't this almost exact trade kind of reported already like two months ago like as like a it wasn't a shams drop or anything but i feel like this rumbling of this trade or their structure of this trade i saw it on from somebody's twitter maybe somebody closer to the celtics or the nets or something along the lines of that but the reason i'm even bringing that up because i don't remember and it's not really the point i'm trying to make here anyways is that that's been the standing Celtics superstar trade offer for basically four years and I really I'm on to the game now like well I've been on to the game but it's been very they've been shameless this summer Shams and Woj both reporting that and then Windhorse about two hours later on first take being like that's an old offer like that offer was there before the Nets aren't actively talking to somebody so you know it just you know what Shams and Woj are trying to do. They this is a story. It's exactly what you know remember um last year at the NFL draft when Aaron Rodgers requested a trade, but he didn't yeah. actually request it and it had been like an accumulation of a story that they dropped that Shefty decided to drop on draft day or ESPN in general. It's just what they're doing now. So they waited. It was a dead day after the All-Star game of baseball and you know it's still kind of getting back going and everything and here we are it got content for the whole week now everybody's imagining all these kd to the Celtics scenarios and i for one think it's all horseshit yeah you know today i was listening to the radio and i hear someone go oh the celtics are now the favorite of the destination to land kevin durant at minus 150 sham says <laughs> says this trade proposal that's alleged and probably from a few months ago like you had just said and now all of a sudden the Celtics are the, the major favorite to land Kevin Durant um, in these sweepstakes. Yeah, man, the, the, the way I see it is if at all 
this was the initial package that Brad put together originally when Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Nets for the or like just when he first did that. Initially, Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Nets. I think at all, if Brad Stevens did offer this, this was right when it happened, before Brogdon and Gallinari were brought in. And then, you know, either it was rejected or Brad never actually offered that. He brings in the championship pieces, the rotation guys, the backup point guard that we desperately needed, the bench size and shooting and Gallinari. And then here we are. I don't think Brad Stevens is dumb enough to make that offer. You get thinner in your bench if you do the offer that the Nets wanted. You don't have those rotation guys that you just went out and got. Or you're not as deep, even if you keep the specific ones you just got. And then you lose JB and get Kevin Durant, a guy who is actively seeking a trade while he's in the middle of a four-year deal right now. I don't think Brad Stevens is that stupid, so I don't think if this trade was proposed at all, it definitely was no time recently. So I'm in agreement with Winhorse on that one. And that's a great perspective from the Brad Stevens side of things. My side of it, looking at it too, is if you're Kevin Durant and you are actually, I'm working on the basis that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are still close right now. That's, that's basically what it seems like. This is basically all this is stemming from whatever kind of power play is going on within this organization. That's kind of feels like the, it like was the starting point really was the Kyrie extension, everything else is kind of filtered out from there. So when Kevin Durant really like, he doesn't have a choice. He could get traded wherever. And Jalen Brown is the best player that I've heard named in any of these trade talks, whether you're talking, you know, whether it's Brandon Ingram or anybody else that's been mentioned, Donovan Mitchell, anybody else. But Jalen Brown's better than all these guys. He would be the best package. So, of course, the Nets would want this to be like something getting filtered out, too. But that's a whole other thing. Why would Kevin Durant want to go to Boston of all places, though, if he's that close with Kyrie? Wouldn't that just be like a direct betrayal to his his friend that he is clearly not, but he's doing everything but that right now. It would just yeah. be such a stark turnaround. It would be the worst. It would be, that's like, that's literally like taking a steel chair to like his back. Like that's like not just leaving and going somewhere else. That's like kicking the dude on your way out too. Like you stay here, I'll go to the team you left. Like, I just feel and like the way everything, it just wouldn't, I don't see why that would be the case if they're, if they, we are to believe they're actually close. Yeah, and it's a double betrayal if you think about it because how weak did everyone think and soft and he got literally got the nickname Cupcake when he left the Warriors for losing to them or left the Thunder for the Warriors for losing to them in the conference yeah. finals. He got swept by the Celtics in the first round. Yeah. If he came to us and like, because obviously, I mean, he's the one who has the say in all of this. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets have to trade him, but he's the one who's four years in contract and asking for for a way out so obviously you know it's if a destination is created for kevin durant he he has some say in it he's preferring certain locations so yeah i think i think the whole fact that that would even work for durant is that you should also be questioning that side is basically what i'm getting at like i i don't think he would want that for himself and maybe kevin durant just plain out does not care about anything anymore which could easily be the case you know he kind of carries himself that way but i think he would get a lot of hate if he also just joined the celtics the team that had just swept him in the playoffs yeah that's a tough it's 
I think he's shameless. I don't think that would deter him. Honestly, at this we see well, we know he's shameless. Yeah, at least probably not. Some, some matter. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it didn't make a lot of sense when I saw it. Felt like a felt like a ratings ploy, a, a mentions ploy, an impressions ploy, whatever metrics that ESPN and the Athletic decided they needed to hit to release this story on Monday. Well, I guess it was Shams more than anything, really. Um, Woj kind of piggybacked on it later on, but Shams is the one who broke the news and everything else. Um, it's just not, it, it It just doesn't seem feasible to me that the, if you're the Celtics, I mean, it's Kevin Durant, I get it, but you were two wins away from an NBA championship and these guys are 25 and 24 years old. I would just be, it's just something, like if you tried to do it on 2K, I feel like 2K would probably yell at you too at this rate. Like maybe they'd be, or after like one year, it would be so evident that you made a mistake because we don't know what we're getting. Durant's had injuries. Like I'm not going to run through the laundry list of reasons you wouldn't want Kevin Durant because he's still one of the best five players, three players in the NBA. Clearly be an immediate boost, but it's just, after all, we've talked about the Celtics and all the twists and turns and everything they put this group to. To then just blow it up after you were that close, it, that's bad part. Sports karma, more than anything else, bad sports karma. But it just doesn't seem like a way that they've been team building. It just would be the antithesis of basically how they've team building uh, to this point. Unless, unless Jalen is leaving. And he already told him like two years I'm bouncing. But I don't think that's yeah, the case. I don't either, man. And and an angle that I can, you know, kind of get behind and respect is I, I was seeing this too, and it actually made a lot of sense. It was like this is the type of thing that a lot of um, talented number twos on teams have had to deal with over the years and in recent years. Like Anthony Davis has had to deal with this a couple different times in his career just about new destinations in general or being traded for better pieces or this and that. I mean, even I feel like Scottie Pippen had to deal with some of this uh, stuff playing alongside Jordan his whole career. Not that I'm comparing the Jays to Jordan and Pippen, but same kind of deal where it's almost flattering or if you're the player, you should try to look at it in a flattering way that these teams are interested in you or your high value and your team is looking to move you because of how high your value is. I mean, the reason the reason Shams brought up the Jalen Brown trade, whether it was new or old or really didn't happen at all, is because Jalen Brown's a good player. And like you said, he's the best name that's been mentioned in any of these potential deals. He's going to get the most traction. So obviously a player is almost never going to look at this in a flattering way, but you're that good that your name can and will be involved in these trade talks and that's kind of just the nature of the game nowadays too everything gets aired out over social media it sucks and yeah you know jalen brown comes out and tweets shake my head after the whole Shaking day of trade drama head. just three letters and it blew yeah. up the internet and like who knows if he was even talking about that i'm sure he was i'm sure he was also just buying into it a little and doesn't really care as much as people may think he does for tweeting that um but i don't know man it's it must be tough for him but kind of like what you were just alluding to i don't know if jb wants to leave boston i don't think that's the case everyone's saying 
oh, maybe, you know, Brad knows that and not after this season, not after or after next season. It could not even be a it could not even be a leaving thing, but just a not committed to re-signing yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's two years left on his deal. And the thing is, he can get a large pay raise because he's not a total max guy right now. Right. Like he's he's a little below the max. Even he's getting a max all NBA or hopefully all NBA, but definitely a max boost from all-star appearances and everything else. Like he's going to be a pretty penny. And that's probably what he's, I mean, that sh- should be what he's thinking about. Yeah. Honestly, and that should I think, be what he's thinking about. But the thing that, the thing that no one else wants to say is I think that's what's what Brad is thinking about too. Like, I think Brad has every intention to pay Jalen Brown when that time comes. And yeah, you have to think about a lot of other things, but in my eyes, and I think a lot of the, eyes of the Celtics fans that are actually watching closely and have been the last three or four years is when it comes that time to pay Jalen Brown outside of Jason Tatum you really don't matter you if you have to do whatever you have to do to to secure those two guys for the future for x amount of years you do that and we've learned that and they were two games away from winning the NBA finals and they've shown that they've proven that um so yeah if if it's a matter, I don't think Brad wants Jalen Brown anywhere else than Boston. I don't think Brown wants to be anywhere other than Boston. I think him and Tatum have said that numerous times on you know different podcasts and interviews, but yet we still have this need from the media to try to break them up. And maybe this trade was legit. Maybe it got sent out. And at the same time, like I would never be mad if the Celtics landed Kevin Durant. I'm sure... If it did happen, it was before we made the Gallo and Brogdon signing. Brad maybe was just fielding an offer because every single team in the NBA was probably trying to cook something up for Durant. Um, And now we are still in this mess where we don't even know what Durant's thinking. We don't even know if Durant wants to leave Brooklyn. Like you were saying, why would he want to go to Boston? Him and Kyrie probably still are close. So it, it just seems like a whole lot of end of July, about to be August, Still not really basketball. Training camp starting. Let's get some yeah. NBA news out there. Yeah. It it seems like a lot of reaching from our guys our guys Shams, but or maybe knows, he's man. just trying to influence the betting markets and take more money on the Suns or something yeah. like that. Because that's the deal he knows. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't seem realistic to be honest. Um all right, that's another Kevin Kevin Durant has been the lead of this podcast, I think, for the last two months. So yeah, we're well, can I can Kevin. I actually add one more thing and not about Durant but about also why I think Brad is not interested in this at least at this moment and probably never was because every move that Brad Stevens has made since he's been the GM of the Boston Celtics or president of uh, basketball operations no one has seen or had any rumblings of his moves before that happened pretty much outside of the Gallinari move. And that was because Gallinari said he was between two teams and ultimately he was going to pick the Celtics. But like Derek White at the deadline, who who saw that coming? Everyone's, you know, anticipating, oh, Celtics are making a big move. Celtics are making a big move. Towards the end of the day, Brad goes out and gets Derek White. Okay. No one really thought anything of it. Al Horford, when it happened, no one really had rumblings of Al Horford returning to the Celtics. It no, happens. And then the Malcolm Brogdon, like people, everyone was anticipating the Celtics signing, signing dudes, you know, like who are they going to go out? They're going to get a big man. They're going to get a talented wing. 
Nope, they go out and get Malcolm Brogdon, who barely really played last season, but is a talented point guard. People are saying, is he going to be a backup? Who knows? He's going to be a sixth man for this team. No one saw any of the moves that Brad has made coming. And now all of a sudden he's just exposing that he's going after Kevin Durant. Uh, I That's just another thing. Like I think the moves that Brad makes, he kind of does in silence. And he, it's not usually a headline before the move gets done for Brad Stevens. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That's a great point. I used that point this summer about the Bills because Brandon Bean, GM, the same way. Like, we never hear leaks about what they're doing. Like, the Von Miller signing came out of nowhere, like, all that stuff. Yep. And then there were leaks coming out, and it's like, all right, but, like, we know how they usually run the ship. So you always have to think – everybody – Twitter just ruins it because they run with whatever source you do. You always have to sit back when you see any kind of report from any, any NBA journalist – who would want this information to be presented in this way who is this benefiting and then and then take the grain of salt with that because sometimes when you think about that you're like damn there's some smoke to that then like that makes a lot of sense like i got the guy mm -hmm. we're about to talk about in a, in a second here the things that like this are like all right like you could see why the nets would want this out there or kevin durant would want this out there something along the lines of that but the celtics yeah they've been tight-lipped so dunny the guy i'm talking about now this this has basically been predetermined and that's why i'm wondering the, the only question i have is why hasn't donovan mitchell been traded yet because i feel like the knicks thing has basically been decided unless the only thing that we're waiting on is some sort of godfather deal that comes in off the top rope after the durant chess piece is maybe moved maybe not it feels like we're in a stalemate yeah man it's funny because it has been two weeks now since we've last been on but the last episode we did i was pretty certain that mitchell was going to get dealt soon and then the following week i was kind of like oh maybe not and then now where we're at it's been stale as far as the talks but i do think that mitchell should or is eventually going to be out the door soon. I thought, I don't know. I've honestly been all over the, all over the place with the Donovan Mitchell stuff. Like I think last time we talked, we were like, well, what would a potential trade package be with the next? And we we're kind of going through it. And then that report came out where, you know, Ange is up to his old tricks and he's looking for like eight first round picks in return, plus some rotation players and I, I really don't know where, where I'm at as far as where I'm leaning. I think the Knicks would be the destination, but I just don't – I also don't really know what the, the Knicks are willing to give up when you saw that initial report. What was it? Seven first-rounders, Quentin Grimes, quickly. Yeah, uh, Toppin. Yeah, just, it's like the, the the young guys that not named R.J. Barrett and 100 first-rounders, basically. Yeah. So uh, – I don't know. I think Ange is probably still in hot pursuit of the New York Knicks, all of their assets and trying to send. I wonder if it's the Knicks who have cold feet, especially because they just spent this bag on Brunson and, and don't really know what to do. I feel like they, they made that. I feel like the draft happened. They made that move and now they're just at a standstill with themselves. Like what the hell do we do? here? Well, and who else is offering that many picks to, that's what I wonder how many does Danny Ainge even have an offer that like the Knicks, maybe the Knicks are offering five first round picks. Does he have another, do we even know if he, we don't, we don't, I mean, we don't know, 
But he, if he even has an offer that is even offering five first round picks from somebody else, what if it's only four or three or anything? And he's just sitting there like, one of these teams is going to bid up eventually, like that type of deal. Mm. Like, who are they competing with, too? That's probably why they are they're, they are just looking at it, like, from the Knicks side, like what you're saying here. It might just be their, their decision just because they know no one else is offering what they're offering right now. And even though Danny Ainge wants more from them, it's like, okay, but who else is going to give you what we're giving you? So it's kind of just like a staring contest in that way. Well, what about uh, Masai here and the Toronto Raptors, you think? So, you, th- you think they who, – who do you think could give the best package, I guess? Well, the Masai thing is interesting. And this is just stemming. I wish I still knew where the tweet was because it was just one person's tweet, That, but it really made me think about it because the Raptors are apparently have – they're in on every superstar, right? So it's no surprise they're in on Mitchell. They're probably obviously one of the teams holding everything up because they have also been talking about Durant and been one of the teams very interested in him. So they're clearly interested in the star in general. But Masai's not going to – Masai wins trades. Every, like, damn near every trade Masai Uri has made, he has won. And Danny Ainge is going to ask for a million. We know how many, we know he just wants to afford draft picks. He wants to take advantage of a bad GM to give him seven draft picks. And then he's going to draft three superstars with those picks eventually. Like, that's what his end game is. Masai is never, ever going to do that, ever in my mind. And so I'm just thinking, just like imagining what a phone call between these two would actually sound they probably can't even like negotiate with each other yeah. at all like they they i guarantee you the first phone call was like 10 seconds long besides like what's what how many picks and danny was like nine or some stupid yeah. shit like that like starts off super high and Masai just hangs up the phone like a like i couldn't even imagine a conversation a conversation um, yeah, I, I do can't. think that's a great package. I mean, they could get him without trading Barnes or Siakam, I think, to, for Mitchell. And Mitchell, Barnes, Siakam, shit, bro. That's that's as good of a big three that you can build, young big three especially, that can still grow a little bit that you could ask for. Yeah, I, I think Mitchell on the Raptors should be super interesting, especially, like you said, if they can keep that. And... The good thing about the Raptors, or at least the good thing for them, is, you know, you say Masai like might not want to give up all these draft picks, especially a Danny Ainge level amount of draft picks. But the the Raptors are kind of set up where they have like this sneaky good talent up and down their roster. They have pieces that they can move and keep guys like Siakam and Barnes if that's you know the goal. And still put up a pretty good trade package. Like I think the Knicks would probably want to rely more on draft picks if they were trying to bring in Mitchell, because they want to keep guys like R.J. Barrett. And you know, aside from Julius Randle, I think their core, the Knicks, the Knicks would rather keep, especially to bring in Mitchell. Like I, I don't know if the Knicks can put together a player package where they would still be good and get Mitchell in return. But I think the Raptors are capable of doing that. Yeah. The Raptors infrastructure, I would trust way more. I'm with you completely there. Um, And the thing for Utah too, is that like, they're, they're looking to be bad, aren't they? Like, that's the whole point of this in the end, right? If you're trying to get a million draft picks, it's, because you want one of these teams to be bad and get you picks or have a million or have four first round picks some year to trade to move up to get a guy you love, just be in those positions. Um, so like 
that's why New York feels it more enticing. I feel like because the I'd rather have the Raptors package, but if you're getting like Fred Van Fleet back and like some and OG and Obi, like your team is the the ceiling or the not ceiling, the floor is raising on your team in those scenarios when it when it's Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly. It's young guys that have potential that go through the going pains, and you can lose sixty games next year with them. You know, yeah. like rather than NBA champions. So it's just like, what does Danny really want from this organization? And that's what it feels like. The one thing Brian Russillo noted this a lot um, is that it's very rare that new head coaches get like five-year deals or four-year deals even. And mm -hmm. Danny has now given Brad Stevens a five-year deal or a four-year deal when he first signed. And you're going to have to help me on the guy's name. That's a new coach in Utah. But I know he was the oh, assistant Hardy. in Boston. Yes, Will Hardy um, got a five-year deal there. So he's in it for the long haul. And that's clearly a guy Danny wanted to bring in for specific reasons um so i think they're in this for the long haul like they're danny's not going to blink and that's but when it comes to messiah like he's not either so i just don't see that which yeah. if you had to pick between these two teams of where mitchell ends up you think you think it's the knicks over over the raptors i i think the knicks are basically a foregone conclusion unless mitchell somehow gets involved in the Durant trade and gets shipped somewhere. Well, I saw that Mitchell was at the Subway series um last night. Knicks He's a big no, Mets guy. Knicks. He's a big Mets, Mets guy. Mets Yankees. Um yeah, he is is he what, He's from Connecticut. Oh, okay. I thought he so someone tried to say his Shams tried to write in one of his articles, come back to his hometown of new york because yeah. he like works Maybe out in new york and went to school yeah. there and i'm like shams bro like you can't say that he's from connecticut and then the next sentence say that he's gonna play in his hometown yeah new york city. like that doesn't add up like that's like me saying i'm from new york city i know connecticut's a lot closer but it's yeah it don't matter it's not although there city. there are a lot of connecticut people that move go back and forth i know yeah well it's people easy. who live in connecticut that love the new york Knicks, just because they don't really have professional sports there but yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Mitchell, I think Mitchell makes more sense with the Knicks. The rumblings are definitely that um, that's what's going to happen here. But a player that we can mention that is involved with both the Raptors and the Utah Jazz, Juancho Hernan Gomez, mm -hmm. otherwise known as Bo Cruz from Hustle. <laughs> he signed a deal with the Raptors, uh, formerly with the Utah Jazz. Now signs a deal with the Raptors. They might not need Donovan Mitchell if they have Bo Cruz in the cut in Toronto. I like. I know he's really not a needle mover for many teams. Like he was on the Celtics for like a two month stint. Obviously, he played for the Utah Jazz recently. He's been all over the league since he's entered the league. Um, not a not a needle mover, like I said. But I feel like this is like weirdly a good fit for the Toronto Raptors. He feels, yeah, he really feels like a Raptors guy. I, I'm with you, bro. Like, I think, you know, I, I've thought that he's always could be like a ninth, ninth man on a good team. Like, I feel like he should be one of those role players that just swings around from like contender to contender and fills in that need. So I'm glad to see him with the. He'll he's gonna thrive with the Raptors. Everybody thrives with the. Raptors, I feel that. And yeah, he's he's large. He's athletic. He can shoot. Um, I, I honestly had higher hopes, I think, than most Celtics fans when he was on a roster. Apparently, he didn't like his time in Boston, so that's neither here nor there. Like, fine if you if you didn't. Um, but he he picked a pretty 
bad time to shit on the Celtics. It was like as they were about to get into the finals, he's yeah. like, oh yeah, he it, just it sucked. He was hurt. But I feel like it it sucked for all like the fans as well because I remember watching games and like this was when we were like peak bad like just looked like the season was over and like late December and Hernan Gomez would get in games and I'd be like yo this guy oh, sucks man. Like, <laughs> we're done and like I I had nothing but bad things to say because he would like you know the odds were stacked against him he would get in when the team was bad and he would play bad minutes and he wouldn't perform. Um, and then we would lose. And so I feel like that was Celtics fans' experience with Hernan Gomez, a.k.a. Bo Cruz. I do think he deserves a spot on this roster. And, yeah, I think the Raptors are a good fit. They they have – I feel like they have, like, Swiss Army knives all over their roster. That's like, they have roster. guys like – Chris Boucher, they have guys like your guy, OG Ananobi, even like Scotty Barnes, who is a rookie yep. phenom last year. He does a little bit of everything. Siakam, I guess Van Fleet is kind of a traditional score first point guard. But other than that, their notable players are all guys who can do a little bit of something. I think Bo Cruz, Hernan Gomez uh, fits that style. I love that. Um, so I'm another note is this is a report about my team that it's it's going to get really yeah. interesting for this team coming soon because Colin Sexton still a free agent reportedly offered three years four million dollars from the Cavs is that is that that's disrespectful because I honestly you want to know what I think it is I think there's no market for Colin Sexton at the moment and the Cavs are just like you should take this deal and hoping that oh. they can get a steal because who is really going like the every no one's gonna I really don't think anybody's gonna offer sheet Colin Sexton because the Cavs would just match anything that's under twenty million dollars at this point and clearly nobody wants to pay him twenty million dollars people might not even want to pay him fifteen but this deal wouldn't even be fifteen million dollars a year this would be like twelve thirteen ish million dollars a year and that's not what Colin Sexton was hoping for um, going into this offseason. is it disrespectful to Colin Sexton or is it just you know, nature of the business and his situation right now. I think, yeah, I like that you said that, uh, both those things. I think it's nature of his situation, actually, because, and, and partially the business, right? Because it's it, it's really hard to get a grasp on what a single player's worth is, especially in comparison to everything else. Once you've already had a bunch of different signings and trades happen in an off season. So we're at the tail end of things as far as like splash moves go. Colin Sexton hasn't been moved, hasn't been signed, hasn't, you know, really had much rumblings. Like you said, is there even a market? But more so his situation, like him coming off an injury, not playing pretty much all of last season and the guy next to him or the guy who could, you know, depending who you ask, take his playing time and position. Darius Garland has been balling out. Yeah. Out, even outplaying well, Garland, what we saw Garland last got, the, the, that's the difference is Garland got 215 million this yeah. <laughs> he because, got his money already yeah. and he you know it, his situation he didn't get hurt uh, like Sexton did which is unfortunate but Garland stepped up and what we saw from Garland last season was better in my opinion than anything we've seen from Sexton I believe I think as a cash fan you'd probably agree with that oh, yeah. Um it, it may be close for some Cavs fans, but I think that's just the truth. And yeah, a lot of it's unfortunate, especially he might think that's disrespectful because 
in some respects, he is on the same level as Darius Garland, but obviously, you know, Garland gets the 215. If if Sexton's offered 40 million, he might he might take that as a little <laughs> bit of And that's the thing in the locker but, room too. Like you got those yeah. two guys who are contemporaries and everything else. And Sexton's I think, like the young bull, self-proclaimed, and you know, he, he had he had the moments and I feel like he had the, the Cavs fans behind him, and I think Cavs fans are still behind him and would support him coming back to the team for sure that's why this was a shock that's why this was a shock because i think everybody was thinking three like i've said three years 50 million multiple times because i thought that was like the very least what they'd be able to do and they they don't want to pay him 20 million like that's that's probably the tipping point is he probably wants 20 21 22 million and they're like we don't want to do they clearly don't want to do anything close to that this feels like the low offer in the negotiation, which is why that 50 million spot still feels like what it's going to end up being. And he might, maybe he's a steal. Maybe he's a steal for a couple of years at 17 million. I think the biggest thing you said though, is that coming off the injury is that yeah. he's probably not giving other teams his medicals right now. Like, and who wants to either, because you can't just sign him because he's restricted. No. So it has to be an offer that either the Cavs are just going to be like, whatever you take him. And that's a huge risk financially because you're not going to see his medicals until he gets in the door or you have to give up assets to get him. And you still, again, still don't know his medicals. You could be trading a guy that you know is perfectly healthy all the time for a guy who, who knows where Colin Sexton's at in his rehab right now. We don't, we don't, haven't really heard anything. He's been around the team and such, which is always a good thing. Um, he was around the team at summer league. He was at um, all that. He was at playoff games. Even when he was hurt, he was on the bench most of the time. So the camaraderie is there. Like I don't I think that the want to be in Cleveland is there for him in a lot of these scenarios too, like matching a free agency or anything else. Um, so it's just gonna find that sweet spot. And I also wonder if he's I had him marked down in this Donovan Mitchell thing because the Cavs are a team like your Celtics that don't really let their moves slip out at all. Like they are no one through the lower marketing is even close to happening last summer. Yeah. Them sneaking into the Jared Allen trade was a where the the you know that whole deal was a surprise when it happened um, to mm-hmm. see them in there. So they've kind of operated in the same way under Kobe Altman, and I really think, really think that they've they're probably in on this Donovan Mitchell thing um, in some way. They've got you know Sexton as a piece, Ochaya Baji, who they just drafted, Isaac Okoro, three young guards. The thing is that there's probably better packages out there. Like, I'd rather have Obi Toppin as a lead in that package than any of those three guys. Um, we were talking about earlier, Ananobi, or maybe if even Van Fleet got put in that trade, I doubt that would happen. But I'd rather have one of those guys than the Cavs guys. And the Cavs aren't going to blow them out of the water with draft compensation. They're not, the Cavs aren't blowing that up, too. But I do think that they are waiting. Like, Sexton being held up is a byproduct of all the Durant Mitchell stuff because. You know, I think that one of these teams that maybe loses out on both of those guys, if they've been in on them, he might be just a pivot to try to bring somebody in um, or trade for somebody with lesser of the assets than what they're offering. Yeah, no, that that all makes sense. So as as the as the Cavs fan, what is the number that you would feel comfortable with the team doing? Because in my opinion, if I look at what you guys have constructed, you guys have Gar- Garland and Mobley like are the 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 
the star children right now of the team, right? And like that's the yeah. future. Like those those guys are locked in. You kind of are doing whatever you have to around do to them, keep those yeah. guys around, of course. But yeah, yeah. So for for that reason, if I'm the Cavs, I'm not willing to pay Sexton twenty million a year. I don't really think the number would be particularly close to that, in my opinion. Just because I think you are in a position and you do have the talent and you have an already good core, even if you leave Sexton's name out of it, I just think you can probably let him walk and try to figure some things out or you try to get him on a team-friendly deal. Of course, there's an option, like you said, where you know maybe it's a sign and trade or move him and get in this Mitchell sweepstakes. I just... And it's mostly situation, like I said, I think the injury sucks. I think he's a fine player. Uh, but th- that's just where I would be at. I think you prioritize Garland, Mobley, Jared Allen, and try to make things work there. The number, I think, would be like three years, 48 to 52 million, something like that, like 16, okay. 17 million per. Yeah. And that number specifically, because that's what Karis LeVert's making right now as we speak. And they're only going to keep one of those guys. So if, I feel like if they lose out on Sexton or he finds an offer and they decide not to match it or they hit him, whatever, that automatically Levert comes. Levert gets his extension that he wants, probably for a lesser money than Sexton's going to get too because he's a little older and I don't think he'd get $17 million again off of his recent performance and injuries and stuff. He'd probably yeah, get down to like so. 15-ish, something like that. So that's, I think, the way they're – I would look at this at least if I was Kobe Altman. Is we I would pay more of a premium for Sexton on a three-year deal, and three years specifically because, like you mentioned earlier, Mobley is the guy we need to worry about here, and he's going to get a hundred ninety million dollars in three years. Like that's his. That's when he can sign his rookie extension. Is after his fourth year, and he's going to get the max deal. Like there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to get that. So that's what they have to think about spending wise. That's why I think Sexton's only going to get a three-year. Maybe that's what the flip is. You know, maybe it's the years. Maybe he wants four years, and that's that that extra year of guaranteed money. So he want he maybe he'd even take a four-year, fifty-two million, and and you know, like not really change the rate of this, but change you know the years just because he's injured right now and he wants the extra security of the money that way. Um, that's a possibility too. I. I think from the Cavs side of it, it's more they're they're not like you said, they're not paying him twenty million dollars. So they need to just they need to just wait it out to because they know that this offer is gonna be there for him no matter what. And know that they have pretty good options on the other side. Like they picked a Baji. Like worst case scenario, they're they if they lose Sexton, even for nothing, which I don't think is even a possibility. I think if he gets signed, he gets traded for some sort of asset and they get something coming back, hopefully a wing. And that would even might be even better for this team. But they drafted Ochai because of this reason. Because they hope that he can kind of fill this role. And they know they have Levert going into next year. Now, I like Sexton way more than Levert. That's me too. And I'm a big Sexton. I'm a big Sexton fan in general. Like, I want them to keep him on this team. And I think getting him at $16 million would be a fucking steal for a team that is going to be, you know, trying to contend in that top of the Eastern Conference soon maybe not this year upcoming year but in the next couple years and to have a guy that could produce you know best case scenario 20 points off the bench he's averaged 20 points before in his career 
him and Garland were really clicking together when he got hurt and it was a short amount of time. So you don't want to take like too much stock into it, but they really were clicking together. And what they missed all year was a guy that could come off the bench and just create and get his own shot. And so that's because there was a Colin Sexton size hole in this lineup all year long. And I just feel like he kind of meshes in perfectly with what they, what else they've done. Um, but I don't want to pay him too much money either because they need the, they got to worry about Mobley and all these other things. And you don't want to get tied up. Like we're already dealing with, that's the other part of this too is that the Cavs have been dealing with the Kevin Love conundrum. I was just gonna now. say, Caleb. The dude. second he signed that extension, I think my first text message that I sent out was like, "This deal is going to be bad the entire time." Like it was just a good PR move. He took the selfie with all the people building the new Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and all that shit, and it was everything. But he felt happy Daisy, whatever Kevin's saying, all that good stuff. But you, it, it was just always gonna be bad. This is the last year of that deal. He has $30 million or $28 million on the books, and then it's gone after next year. Um, and so I think Kobe Altman kind of likes the flexibility of it. He's like, I don't want to throw more money at a guy. Now, like, trade a $30 million guy for a $20 million guy who might be injured a lot, too. Who knows? Like, that, I, you can see why he, they're, they're hesitant to do it. Um, yeah. I just don't think the market's there. I think the Cavs are going to get what they want out of this. I think it's going to work out for them, honestly. And it sucks for Sexton because he probably should have made four years, a hundred million or something like that um, coming into this, if he would have had the season he ha was supposed to have last year. Um, so I feel bad yeah. for him, but maybe that's a short, maybe it's a two year deal, something even shorter than that. That's maybe exactly what I was just gonna say. Deal. <laughs> one year, 15 million and like try to get the stock back up, who knows? Yeah, and I think that could be anywhere, you know, even if he returns to the Cavs, um, on a one, two year deal and has to prove it. But he's also young enough that even if he signs elsewhere and the money's not great for himself right now, I think he's shown the talent. So he'll probably fall into a good situation, whether it's with the Cavs or somewhere else, where he can get the playing time that he can still prove it. I mean, he can get his money. Obviously, you're not really looking at it this way, especially when you just see a guy next to you like Garland get paid like that. Yeah. But He's good enough. He can take a, a semi-good contract right now. I mean, you know, you, you said the numbers probably 16, 17 million for you. That's what Marcus Smart makes right now. And that dude just went to the NBA Finals. Like, if, if you think about it like that, like, Colin Sexton's not better than Marcus Smart, but that's the number we're throwing out there that makes sense. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think, of course, he's probably not thinking about it this way, but regardless of what happens, he can still get that that big deal that he's looking for he's young enough he might get put on a prove it deal i think Sexton's a good enough player to prove it you know where whether he has a long future with the Cavs, who knows but um yeah i i think it's just a matter of time for sexton and it, it, the way i see it, it's just kind of like he got dealt a bad hand this past season garland couldn't have played better while he was hurt and he got a bag at the end of it because you you look at Garland and Mobley and you're like, how can you not be excited about this duo? We'll figure out the rest down the road. Agreed. Agreed. Can't could not agree more. Um, so you want to talk about Draymond quick before we go? Yeah. Draymond Green wants and thinks that he deserves a max contract. And he said whether the Warriors are willing to give it to him 
or not well he wants he you know he would accept if it was with the warriors but if the warriors are not willing to do that he will seek it elsewhere if it comes to that so draymond out of nowhere wants the bag thinks he deserves the bag what do you got for draymond green jake I don't think he's going to be a Golden State Warrior if that's the case, to be honest. I just don't. This is a smart organization. And what? why would they pay him? Why would you pay a guy that can't score 10 points a game $28 million at this point? Isn't, I know Draymond. I know his importance to Steph, to their defense, to the leadership, the culture, all that good stuff all of it and i believe in a lot of that stuff too generally speaking um mm -hmm. it's i think it's just as valuable as anybody else this would just be a dumb decision from an organization that doesn't make dumb decisions based on his level of basketball play and the guys that they're going to have to pay into the future like jordan Poole, exactly um up next first kaminga is definitely going to get a large deal if he keeps progressing the way he is maybe james wiseman one year left too we get, yeah, you'd think he's a guy that they would want to keep around and, and keep available too. Um, it would just it just be a bad business practice to pay aging Draymond Green and Clay Thompson aging off two injuries, you know, for the and whatever else, how whatever he looks like next year. Maybe he has a bounce back year next year and everything, but he looked like at least it was a half a step, a step slower than he was in the past especially defensively mm -hmm. smart organizations don't pay those guys max contracts clay already has his it's been in there it's been there locked in for a while draymond i just i just don't see it from this team. and it's and it's going to be the ugliest breakup in nba history because it's draymond green that's the thing yeah. that's why i can't see it and i can't see the warriors wanting to bring that headache on but the bigger headache would be paying him for could you imagine Draymond in three years? Do you know what he's going to look like offensively in three years? His What's he going to look like defensively? He's six, six. He's not a big guy. Like he's a no. he's a small, big. Which is a he's already set. lost his he's first a smaller step. size. He's forward. not as strong. Yeah, and he's going to have and to defend fucking Victor Wembanyama, who's seven three. <laughs> like no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, so the numbers in kind of details that I was able to pull about this. Draymond is eligible for this set extension August 3rd. So, you know, in, a, in like a week, Draymond Green is eligible for this extension. And he's under contract all through next season for $28.5 million. The following season, he's also getting paid $28.5 million. But he has a player option. So, next summer... That's when the option will kick in. That's when, you know, if they haven't extended him by that time, he can basically decide to do his own thing. If he fields offers, if he gets an offer for, from somewhere else. My thing is, I, I like that you brought up that this would be like one of the uglier breakups in sports if this happened. You know, regardless of where Draymond went, I just already picture him having, and I'm sorry if this is a sore spot for you, but I feel like this would be Draymond's having the same type of energy that Tristan Thompson had when LeBron left the Cavs. He's like, that's like, what I'm saying. That's like, like he would, exactly. he would be like, well, I'm still the best defensive player in the league, so like, I don't need Stephen Clay. Like, it would be some shit like that. It was all, a little, a little reverse because 
Thompson was the one who stayed with the team. LeBron left, but Thompson was like, oh, we, we still finished number one in the East last year or whatever he said. He's like, we're still the top dog in the East. He's like, dude, you don't have LeBron anymore. And that's same thing with Draymond. Like so many people already say if he did not play with Clay and Steph Curry, he probably doesn't have the same career trajectory. And granted, very impressive. What, seven-time all-defense, defensive player of the year, four-time champ. Like, yeah. He has an impressive resume, but you also play with two other Hall of Famers and a great Hall of Fame coach. Like, and the thing is, Draymond would have been a success story anywhere because of him, because he's a grinder. He, and yeah. he's going to make it work somewhere in the league. It just, like you we were about to finish there, it just so happens that the way he was able to find it find it and grind in the league ended up on the two best shooters of all time and it was like oh you know what i should do to be great is just become a good passer and just find these guys at the three-point line all the time and scream and scream and scream a lot and start a podcast that's that's you mentioned tristan thompson and that's the big thing here too is what kind of uh what kind of power and leadership structure is in the Warriors organization? And what does Steph Curry think about all this? Because you know what LeBron does and why people love to go play with LeBron is your example you just gave about Tristan Thompson. Because LeBron gets his people paid. J.R. Smith mm-hmm. got a bag from the Cavs. Tristan Thompson got a bag from the Cavs. When they had no, they paid him like what, four years, 80 million or something? Four years, 77 yeah. million. At the time, it was absurd. Like, even if the LeBron stayed, it was an absurd contract for Tristan Thompson. But LeBron gets his guys paid. So what's Steph going to do in this scenario? That's his boy. That's his, you know, that's his, that's his been his running mate along with Clay for how long now with Draymond? We know how close they are. Is Steph going to walk into Bob Myers' office and be like, you got to pay my boy. You got to give him the money that he, that he deserves. Or is Steph thinking like a smart basketball person that I know he is and he doesn't usually involve himself and in, in force his way in an organization like this and is kind of looking at it like this might be the best case for us you know basketball wise for me in the future so I don't have to carry you know aging Draymond around the court and have two guys on me all the time offensively and all this stuff it's very interesting to see where like what Steph does in this next couple weeks if he doesn't get a contract extension offer that he likes from them um, because that's going to be a story no matter what the rest of the way going surrounding the Warriors whether they like it or not it's always it's going to get brought up to Draymond all the time yeah and you bring up the Steph Curry thing there's I believe there's a quote in the athletic piece about this but it was that Steph Curry said that him he sees himself, Clay, and Draymond as a package, a package deal. So you would think that that means he's on board for him getting taken care of, of the by the Warriors, getting paid. I'd, I believe that he thinks that's true. I don't think Steph Curry believes that Draymond deserves. I don't think he thinks contract. he deserves it basketball-wise. I think he deserves it. I think he genuinely would believe that he deserves it just for the contributions he made. Yes. Yeah. But that's not how you run a basketball. And that game. might be true. But it, it in a in a way that, I mean the dude like listen, they've won four NBA titles at this point. He's been an integral part of that. I get it, but nostalgia is what kills dynasties. Like overpaying those guys. With your New England Patriots, how many times have they gotten rid of fan favorites outside of Tom mm. Brady when that happened? 
like how many guys have you guys gotten True. rid of just out of nowhere just dropped them like guys that were you know making incredible plays in prior playoff games and super bowl because that's what you do if you're a good organization if the guy is done you gotta you gotta get a young guy who's hungrier in there like that's that's the way the leagues work like you you shuffle these guys in and get them out and that's draymond's at that point yeah though. like he's clear, like it's not just us being like a hater saying that this is no it's not basketball people all over the place that are like this guy is not the same player that he was and it's kind of been this way for a couple of years now um yeah and something interesting because honestly if i had to you know just even try to break down my thoughts on this i i wouldn't be surprised either way like end of next season if the if the warriors don't want to pay draymond i i can think to myself yeah i wouldn't do that either that's probably how i think they should have gone and you know i'm sure some desperate team in the nba will give him close to what he's looking for and then we'll all move on and draymond will be on a different team on the other hand i also wouldn't be surprised if the warriors just pay draymond because it's like look he's been here for everything he's part of the dynasty they maybe think they can still compete they can make money work whatever they have a few guys on cheap contracts i don't know I also wouldn't be surprised if 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 that happens, right? But I don't I don't know what the the field offers would be for Draymond Green if he does hit free agency. Like, is there another team who's out there who's gonna yeah, a who's four year max? You know who's doing it? The Kings. The Kings are giving Draymond a max. No that's doubt. Who came to mind? mind. <laughs> that's who came to mind, the bro. Kings are I him the bag and are like this is our leader <sighs> who's gonna bring these young guys along and yeah the kings the kings are the team it's gonna happen now yeah so i i don't know what to think and this 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 could just be draymond who's you know he he really hasn't shot up all summer it feels like since they won the nba championship the seattle and- sonics that's who's gonna sign him in Ooh, four years the, for the in the expansion year, year. <laughs> that'd be sick yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I truly don't think most teams in the league would give Draymond a max deal. Especially what, he's going to be 33 years old when that happens. He's 32 right now. We just mentioned he he really didn't look like he could play all that much in these finals. Obviously, he had his moments. I don't know, man. Oh, this this was the last thing I want to say, too. I, I read something too. I believe this was also uh, in the athletic piece. But what if what if the Warriors are just like, okay, we'll pay you your twenty eight and a half million this year. We're gonna have you mentor Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga to be the hybrid forward that you are on this team, and show them how easy it is to just play defense and pass to Stephen Clay and be a good screen and roll guy or or a screen and pop guy. And, you know, then they're fine parting ways once they realize that either Moody or Kamenga or both of them step up in that role. And then they kind of just go as things were, but without Draymond because he's old. And now they have these two young guns kind of filling the void. I could see it. I I could see them just riding through it this year. I mean, he's got the player option, but like you said, maybe that's the best case scenario for them. Is Is him declining the player option? And being like, all right, bro, yeah, go see what money you'll get. We'll, we'll be here when you need it. Like, yeah. Because who's going to give him that? And if a team does overpay for him, it's like, oh, well. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well. I just don't see them. I don't see on August 3rd when that extension is eligible. 
I don't think we're getting the Woj tweet that says, you know, Draymond Green signed a max extension with the Warriors. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think we're going to so see either, that right man. Because they and have that's, that's they a ticking time bomb after that point. Yeah, and like, I don't know. They didn't bring back like I, I feel like they're not going to bring back the older vets on the team. They have Wiseman on the come up. They have Kaminga. They have Moody. They you know they signed Mac McClung. Uh, this summer he played for their summer league. They've team. got a uh, Defincenzo now as well. Defincenzo, like they have a lot of youth, they have a lot of promising guys in different positions. As I mentioned, Wiggins is also going to need a contract extension. You would think that they would rather extend Wiggins, especially the way he performed this playoffs and in the NBA Finals in particular. I don't know. Maybe this is Draymond just talking to get his his name out there to. to to build his own brand and to make him seem like he's worth the max because he said it on his podcast, but who knows? We're going to, we're going to have to wait and see, but this is, this is an interesting wrinkle to the off season. I didn't think we'd have. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting, especially for, you know, a, a tight team defending their title. The last thing you want is drama around your team. So exactly. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Anything else before we go? No. I think, that, I think that'll do it. End with the Draymond talk, and let's just keep wondering about everything else until Sham, Shams makes something else up. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Um, that'll do it for Happy Hour Hoops. Follow us at Happy Hour Hoops 1. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Trainwreck Sports. All that good stuff. Um, maybe next week someone will get traded. That'd be cool. Yes. That'd be sick. Let's hope. Um, Fingers crossed. Otherwise, hydrated, go watch guys. some AAU hoops on ESPN. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Do whatever you got to do. Have a great night, folks. <laughs>